It's been a long time since I've been there and I don't plan on going back. Here's why. Roll that intro. Hello there, I'm Rafael Difuria, back at it again for another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. This week I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the reasons why I choose to stay abroad and some of how I see the U.S., the country that I grew up in, as somebody who's been abroad for 14 years, so now abroad is maybe less abroad than abroad is, but I don't know if that even makes sense. But something that I always feel as though I think is important for me to address at the very beginning of these episodes, so there's no misunderstandings, I did not leave the US for any kind of political reasons. I just left because I had the opportunity to have an adventure around the world. It was as simple as that. But some of the reasons why I choose not to go back, I'm not going to say are political, but and I'm not even going to say ideological, but I can say that there are certain things about what I see about the lifestyle there that I feel don't agree with me and kind of how I've grown up since leaving the States. Because I did leave somewhat young and having spent basically my whole adult life outside of the US on the opposite side of the Atlantic, I can say that there are certain things about life that I've gotten used to. For example, the pacing of life and work-life balance and other various cultural aspects that I think would throw me into culture shock if I went back. That uh, even is something as simple as like, going to a restaurant, and it's something I definitely remember very vividly, but going to a restaurant, and I'm not saying this is one of the reasons why I wouldn't go back, but this is an explanation maybe of the the culture more so, is that like, again, repeating myself, for a fifth time going to a restaurant about it almost feels as though they're hovering on top of you are you okay do you need anything do you want anything my name is Susie, and i'm here i'll be your server today it's like hey that's great but we don't need to be friends like this is a a very simple interaction that we're having here you serve food i eat food we can make it as easy as that i'm not saying though that i don't have like friendly interactions like when i do go out to eat with the the the, the wait staff and that i've maybe even become friendly with some people that work at certain places but i think there's something nice about how maybe in some of the places that i've lived that you are taken to your table maybe there's a friendly welcome and if you need an explanation there's an explanation offered but you're allowed to have your privacy with the people around you that you can be there with those who you've chosen to be there with and that it's not a forced social interaction on top of what it is that you've chosen to do as dining out. And for example, I remember in the States it being quite common that they say, hey, can I get you anything? Or do you do you need the check? Or do this? Or do you need that? And blah, blah, blah. And having that feeling of almost feeling like kind of like, hey, we need this table, like get out of here. Whereas in a lot of places that I've been, especially in Europe, not necessarily everywhere that I've been though, but especially in Europe, that if you have that kind of hovering sensation, it's very unwelcome and it's very rude it's very uncommon to see and what's most common is that you can go to a place they come by they check to see if what you would like they give you some time then you have plenty of time to eat and then once it's clear that everybody at the table is done and i'm not saying this is all the time but most of the time of course there are going to be exceptions and this is very much a generalization but once it's clear that everyone is done then they'll start taking the dishes away they're not going to take one dish and then another dish and another dish. It's like they're going to hold off for a moment. But the thing is also very often, unless you're maybe in a tourist center, you're going to be able to sit, have a discussion, and lose track of time. I can't tell you how many times I've sat with friends or family at a cafe or a restaurant and completely lost track of time because the wait staff 
didn't come over and try to say, hey, do you need anything? And there's been plenty of times where I've actually said, hey, it would be nice maybe if they came over to take an order. <laughs> to, and so there's, I think, an aspect of an American socialization that is a little bit in your face by comparison to other places in the world. And for me, I think that would be something, like I was saying, the, the restaurant wasn't necessarily, that's not the reason why I wouldn't go back, but I think it is a symptom or not a symptom that makes it sound horrible, but it's an expression of a larger, more commonly accepted behavior that, or style of interaction rather in that part of the world where there's a lot more that's there in your face. But I think this also goes into a more of another direction, even socially that I've noticed. Of course, different parts of the world, people care about different things. And I, I mentioned recently in an episode about how there are people in maybe parts of Southern Europe where if you ask them what they do, like as far as work goes, as kind of within the first part of your interaction with a group of people or an individual, when you're first starting to get to know someone, can be seen as almost a little bit rude and maybe that you only care about them if they meet certain expectations or that you're only willing to spend time with them if they are a certain type of person uh, in a certain echelon of society. That is something that I can say I've also kind of become a little bit more accustomed to, not that I won't ask somebody what they do, but I definitely will wait longer. And there are certain aspects of a social interaction that I've noticed, especially with Americans who come off the boat and haven't necessarily acclimated to life outside of the U.S., that the first questions that they often ask a person may differ from what first questions or first interactions that a person may have from outside of the U.S. I'm not saying this is bad or wrong. It's just a different way, a different prioritization of life. And also talking about prioritization of what comes into your life is also about, like I was mentioning before, about work-life balance. And I see so many times with my American friends, and I'm not saying that I don't overwork myself, and I'm not saying that I don't work long hours, but what I'm saying is that I think there's also a point where you kind of have to take a a step back and be able to enjoy a moment for what it is. Whereas I see a lot of my American friends that they are only focused on the grind and hustle and that there's this whole hustle culture that you have to own a business, you have to do this, or you have to have that, or you have to have this car, or you have to have this watch, or you have to go and do this, or you have to go and do that, you have to travel to 50 different places by in, in this part of the world, you have to go to Dubai, you have to go to the Maldives, you have to go to this place, you go to that place, and a prioritization of things, for lack of a better way of putting it in the physical world, not necessarily a prioritization on enjoying life for the simple pleasures of what it offers you. And I'm not saying this is all Americans either. I'm just going to say that this is a generalization of something that I have noticed among many Americans. And so this, again, is one of those things that for me, even though I do work a lot of hours and even though I do have a business, I feel as though there's still the aspect that it's not that I have to have my own business. I do it because I want to and I don't do it because, oh, I need to be hustling or, oh, I need to have this or I need to have that. I'm happy to have like a pretty chill laid back life and to have control over my schedule. The Having control over my schedule, that's the only not the only reason, but maybe one of the biggest reasons why I do the type of work that I do. But with so many of my American friends, I've seen, oh, you need to have this side hustle. You need to have the hustle and the hustle of the side hustle and the hustle beyond, beyond the hustle and to be doing this and that and always 
pushing in that way. And I'm not saying that pushing forward in life is a bad thing. Don't get me wrong at all. However, again, it's just a different prioritization of life. And I think there's a balance maybe between some of what I've seen in some places where it's like, just too much enjoyment of life, whereas there's also too much forcing and pushing. I'm not saying the US is the only place, and I have lived in other places where there is that expectation of keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak, and having to be able to show and wear the right thing and do the right thing. I mean, look, normally I wear a button-up shirt, but today I felt like wearing a t-shirt, so I'm going to wear a t-shirt. Most of these videos have worn a button-up shirt, but this is comfy. Sometimes you have to just chill back, lay back, and relax. But that's also another separate topic that a number of friends of mine even make fun of me for, uh, mostly American friends, that I tend to wear like a button-up shirt, like uh, just a regular shirt. And whenever I wear a t-shirt, it always turns into this, whoa, he's actually wearing a t-shirt, because it's so uncommon for me. And I've seen in a lot of places that I've lived a certain way of dressing and caring about, and I'm not saying obsessing about how you look, and I'm saying I've lived in places where that definitely is a thing. I think there's a different level of care that people in some parts of the world do take towards the way that they present themselves to the world. I'm not saying that Americans dress like schlubs, but there are many that do. And I'm not saying that Americans dress poorly, but I have noticed that there is a different way of dressing and being open to athleisure wear or a lot of wearing sweatpants or different types of clothing that personally I wouldn't say would be something that I would be comfortable with wearing in my everyday life. But take what I'm saying with a grain of salt because like I said, I'm the type of person that rarely ever wears a t-shirt to begin with. But it is funny though, when I've been at tables where it's a mixed group of people, especially like say Americans and Europeans or Americans, Portuguese, Americans, Italians, whatever it may be, that you can almost kind of divide the table, even if it's not properly divided like in half, but you can see who are the people from one part of the world and who are the people from another part of the world just simply on the way that they dress. And even the way that certain clothes fit, the, the, the cut will be a completely different thing. I mean, I wear jeans that I would say are a semi-relaxed fit and that are somewhat normal out in this part of the world, but in the States, they would easily be called skinny jeans. But that's just something that I've gotten used to. And so it's not why I wouldn't live in America, but it is something that I do often look at and think of as funny. But why I might not consider living in the States is that I do feel as though in the 14 years since I left that a lot has changed. And there are often times that I hear news stories or hear things from family or friends still in the States that sound completely foreign to me, that are not from the country that I grew up in, it's not from the country that I left. And it's something very new and very different. Of course, the world is an evolving place and that things are moving forward and things are constantly progressing in different directions. And of course, the US is not the only place that has changed. And of course, in nearly a decade and a half, things are not going to be the same as what they once were. I do sometimes see stories that are shocking to me, hearing about crime going up, or even sometimes hearing about places that I once knew as being very safe as turning and flipping completely upside down. And I'm not going to go into detail, but there are sometimes problems that have come up, especially in the past few years. And I think it's definitely symptoms of larger issues that exist. And I'm not going to get into politics or social or this or that or the other. However, also what's really shocking to see is the divide that's come up. I, again, I'm, I'm going to try to not get into politics here, and I'm really going to try, because this is also a very difficult topic to touch on. But sometimes the policies or the ideas that I hear coming out of certain politicians' mouths are shocking to me that 
I feel as though maybe 15 years ago, some of the policies that are coming from one side, I would have heard from the other side. And from the other side, I would have heard from the other side. Like things have gone in such different directions that as someone looking from the outside in, it's mind boggling at times. But not only to see certain shifts in the way that things are going, but what's even more shocking to me is to see separations and divisions. And that's something that I feel is very sad and seeing families separated over things that maybe they wouldn't have been separated over maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Okay. There's, I think, something to be said for, for making sure that the people in your life are the people who you feel as though are conducive to your lifestyle. But I think at the end of the day, also family is family, that there are certain topics which separate families, not not even allowing them to sit at the same table and just allowing an interaction to exist solely as an interaction with a family member and being able to put certain differences aside. I think that's very sad to see. And I feel as though I'm hearing about that more and more and more. Not like it hasn't existed, though, before. I feel as though it's becoming at least again as an outsider looking in because the, the more that I'm abroad, the more that I feel as though I'm an outsider in that whole um, world. I mean, because for I'm really lacking the words here, but having spent so much time outside of the States, I've often more and more feel as though I am an outsider looking in as a, as a third party. But of course, it's where I'm from and I still have many connections to that part of the world and I can't help where I'm from. And even though I may not necessarily feel so American. You can hear something in my accent that says that I might be. But to move away from the political realm, something that is also a difference in the lifestyle and how it is possible to live your life in different parts of the world, I would say comes down to also cost of living. I'm not going to say that, oh my gosh, Portugal is cheap and it's this and it's that. I'm going to say it's low cost in comparison to many places. I'm not going to say it's perfect. And the costs of living here as everywhere else in the world have been going up. What I can say is that because I have been able to limit my spending and limit my cost of living that it allows me if I choose, and though like I said, I do work many hours, that if I have moments where I need to choose to take time off, that I will often be able to give myself that time if absolutely necessary. But the thing is, I am grateful that I can enjoy what I do, so I often do choose to have a priority of work. But because I am blessed to enjoy the the type of work that I do, I often do get lost in my work and, and, and allow that to kind of take over at times. But again, it's not about hustle. It's about I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this moment for what it is, for what I can do with it. And because I've been able to limit my spending when it comes to rent and various aspects of life, especially transportation. Um, I save a lot on transportation by being in a part of the world where having a car is not necessarily a necessity, but being able to have access to taxis and Ubers, okay, that definitely does make a difference at the end of the day when I do need to be able to get around and to get to where I'm needing to go if it's not someplace that's accessible by foot. Because even in Braga, being like, if you're not even in the center, like it's, you don't necessarily have to have a car. If you want one, yeah, that's fine. I would say if I were in the countryside, that's a different story and definitely would want one there. But being able to limit how much I'm spending just simply because of the location that I'm in, I think that is huge. And to have to think about if I were to even want to go to the US, I would have to start thinking about a completely different work-life balance and a completely different lifestyle that I'm not accustomed to. 
And it's just not that it's saying bad or good or wrong or great. It's not something that's been part of my reality that I'm not looking to change. I do have an American work ethic, and that's something that I will never be able to get rid of. However, I also do have some Southern European mentalities towards being able to have a life and not living to work, but working to live. But when I hear about my friends that are in the States that are working so that they can get debt so that they can pay for things and pay for bills and more bills so that they can work more so that they can i mean <laughs> i can say it's something that's not within the mindset that i personally have about life however i will say as somebody who is living outside of the states there are moments where i do get frustrated seeing how certain things work there that i could say okay that's nice that like i do wish there were certain things available for example even though I was just talking about not having debt, being able to take advantage and leverage credit. I, I would I would put those slightly in kind of different categories, like to, to, to leverage credit versus taking on debt just for debt, whatever, we don't need to get into finances so much, but having a credit score, that's like a very American idea that you don't really see in so many other places where you're ability to get credit will be dependent on your work contract. And I'm, I'm always constantly hearing about people in the States that are leveraging their credit scores to be able to get a loan for, I don't know, say a house to be able to flip it and to, or to be able to open something to be able to move their life forward. And yes, I realize that I've been talking about the hustle culture, but I would say there's a balance where you can have certain aspects of being able to work and further your life without being part of the hustle culture. So there are certain things like that that I do think are really interesting and not quite part of systems that you find in other parts of the world. And there are definitely certain aspects of being able to do work in the US that if you're a small business owner are much more attractive than other parts of the world. Is there a hustle culture because of the accessibility to it? Or does the hustle culture necessitate the, the the accessibility to these things like which way does it go is it the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken there are so many aspects of the mentality that i think are wonderful about a go-getter attitude about looking to move forward in life but there are certain things that get lost along the way and something that i would say is maybe even slightly related but not as big of a difference nowadays as it maybe once was is the kind of consumerist uh, attitude towards different parts of life, needing to buy X, Y, and Z, or replacing like your car every few years, or having the latest and greatest phone or technology or this or that. I would say, of course, it comes to that in the States that people more often will have a larger expendable income at the end of the month than in many other parts of the world. But at the same time, but at the same time, I would say there's definitely problems with consumerism, over-consumerism, not necessarily that people shouldn't have the option to buy things or to be able to uh, choose what they want to have in their home or in their life. What I'm saying is that I think there's an attitude towards purchases that sometimes leave a person with a worship of a thing rather than being able to, again, enjoy life for the sake of life. I realize that saying this word worship of certain things may be very harsh, but I would say it's a reality that is necessary to look at that certain aspects of certain lifestyles, like 
Again, like I mentioned before, having the car, having the clothes, having the watch, having the this, having that, it's not a uniquely American problem. However, I notice it more amongst American friends of mine and they know I think these ideas, like these are not ideas that I won't say straight to their faces as we talk about these things. But what I'm saying is that I think there is an issue when you have so many layers of so many different things on top of each other that you start to lose sight of other aspects of life that are really worth prioritizing. Again, family, the little moments, the little things, and again, being able to enjoy a moment for the sake of that moment. But this is where I'm going to end off this episode, not your average globetrotter. So thank you all so much for joining me again for this episode. Thank you to all of you who support this project to help it to be able to keep on going forward. I really do appreciate that. And of course, as always, if you have anything that you agree with or disagree with, feel free to let me know down in the comment section below. It's always interesting to hear what you guys have to say and what you think. And of course, as always, I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there. This has been another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter and I will see you all next time. Later.